Hello, and welcome back to the Self Healer Soundboard. We want to start this episode with a big thank you to all of you who are listening, all of you who are viewing on our YouTube channel. We continue to and always will continue to do this podcast ad-free so that we can really give you an uninterrupted listening and viewing experience. So when you share these podcast episodes with your friends, families, loved ones on your social media networks, when you leave us reviews, when you engage with us and comment on our YouTube channel, it really helps spread this message and gives opportunity for others to join in these really empowering conversations. So we thank you for your engagement. We also are always listening to your feedback, your reflections, on these topics and conversations and listening for your requests of what you would like our episodes to be based around. So today's episode actually comes directly from one of you, I think, on social media on our at selfhealers.soundboard Instagram account. You requested, I'm going to read this right from my phone, that we do an episode talking about dealing with regrets, specifically talking about choices that may have been made that caused us to miss things which cannot happen anymore. In other words, possibilities that objectively are no longer available. Thank you for this request um, and this conversation topic, regrets, resentments, holding on to the past and the what if or what could have been can leave many of us very stuck in our tracks and in a space of complete inaction. So we are excited to jump into this today and really break down a conversation around these regrets. I think even just hearing the word regret, it for a lot of us is one of those really loaded words. And I think a lot of times we associate it with end of life. Um, and I'm sure many of you have heard or maybe even seen a study of um, adults, older adults who were surveyed. Um, and oftentimes regret is something very top of mind late in life with this idea of regretful feelings about things that usually it's in the framework of things that I didn't do, opportunities that were missed. And I think a lot of us, until we get to those older years, regret looms. It's like this thing that we want to avoid, right? I want to live a life where I'm regret-free, where I really feel like, to speak to the, the question, I've embraced all of the opportunities with this idea that if I don't, and if I live with regret, I feel like a loss or an absence of, of maybe something that was meant for me. So regret, I think, looms big. And I'm really excited to, to dive in a bit more um, in terms of, like you're beautifully saying, how do, how do we work with regret? How can we leave the past in the past and release it so that we can become unstuck and move forward into new, possibly different, maybe similar opportunities. <laughs> I think we get really, I love the word looming. It is like a loom. And it also seems like a doom and gloom when people talk about regret and what they could have done. And this question specifically, this viewer is referencing choices that we have made. So something that's already occurred in the past, maybe an opportunity that came your way that you declined. And then after the fact are looking at it as this big missed opportunity where now that option isn't possible anymore. And I think that in and of itself is a really powerful place to immerse in that the idea that something isn't possible anymore based on our response also puts us into a box and into a container rather than looking at any situation or experience and being able to reframe that the universe happens 
as it happens. It happens how it happens. You can't unhappen something. You can't go back to the past. You can't change anything. But what you can do is choose how you respond to it, which also means choosing how your thoughts respond to it. And so much of regret I find is living in that doom and gloom space of the what if and the wondering what life could have been like or what possibility did pass me by versus understanding and having and really creating, I should say, not finding gratitude, but creating gratitude for the fact that things happened the way that they happened. And because of that, something else has opened up. Another window has opened. And it's up to us then to explore that and to sit in that trust. I think what's really beautiful that you're you're explaining here, Jenna, and you're going a bit into the objective energetics of starting with the first step, which I'm hearing is surrender, right? To to deal with or to work with regret. It's acknowledging it, right? Acknowledging the feelings of shoulda, woulda, coulda, I wish I did, imagining what might have been different. So first and foremost, acknowledging that that is part of your process, that you are focusing on that past moment, imagining, right, all of the possible scenarios that now aren't available to you. And when we're doing that, we're focusing our attention, which is really our energy to create new possibility in a in a past moment. So really simplifying things as we often do, the, the first step of, of dealing with or healing from regret is acknowledging that it's there. And surrendering to that moment that, like you're saying, now does live in the past. It's gone, the universe. We've moved on in time um, and it's not available. And when we enter that or embody that act of surrender, what we're actually doing energetically is releasing all of that energy that we're expending, wishing things were different and making it available to us to be grounded in what, like you're saying, is possible, the gratitude of what is present. Because that's simply what gratitude is. So now I'm present in here in this moment. Right. And when you're here in this moment, this is where absolutely everything begins. So the opportunity or maybe the choice that you made that is living for you right now as, well, I made this choice. So X opportunity is no longer available though. You're right. That opportunity in the way it was supposed to pan out and attachment to that is no longer available. The beautiful thing about that is that it also never was. So this thing that we're attached to and regretful over and really suffering in this doom and gloom attachment to the regret of not doing it actually never was in the first place. It was an idea that we grew attached to in our minds. So when you can understand that it's not an actual reality, it was an idea or a vision of something that actually never was, then you can bring yourself here into the present moment and quite literally drop into your body. I always am placing a hand over my heart to actually feel my heartbeat, to remind myself, okay, I'm here in this present moment, in this body. When I'm in the present, I have every opportunity to make the first step on a new journey. An important, I think, emotional piece as always, because we're not, you know, bypassing um, when we're saying kind of just really ground yourself objectively in what's here now. And that option, that opportunity is no longer there. That doesn't mean that we suppress because oftentimes when we're regretful, we are disappointed. We're wishing things were different. We've imagined, right? If I would have made that choice or didn't make that choice, I play the tape out. Essentially, I'm imagining implicitly that 
my life has changed or would have changed in some way. So again, there's an unmet wished for need or expectation that I'm regretful that isn't any longer possible. So in an emotional perspective, um, holding space for that too, for how you feel about what life does look like and feel like for you now in absence of that opportunity. Um, and again, I just wanted to reiterate that because this isn't just, well, get over it, it's gone, because oftentimes what we are getting over is some version of loss, unmet expectation, wished for event happening, change, shift, transformation, whatever it is, that isn't yet the case. So again, just holding space in acceptance and compassion for life as it looks now. I think the conversation around regret is naturally connected to this more expanded macro conversation or really knowing that anything that is meant for you is never going to pass you by. And any moment that we are you know, in frustration with that or in resistance to that is just us resisting actual reality. And when we're resisting reality, we're only living in our mind. We're living in this circular thought loop that is created entirely of the past. And when we're living there in our mind, we can't actually be present because in the present moment, there is literally nothing. It's obsolete. You could hear a pin drop. There's nothing but opportunity and pure creation and choice of the direction that you're going and the next step that you're going to take. Every marathon begins with one single step. Every building has begun with one single brick. And when the building is complete and the marathon is complete, then a new journey begins. And I think We've gotten really used to this collective idea that, you know, we say all the time, we're on a journey. We're all here on this journey and it's an endless journey. You know, we all have a vision of who we want to become or how we want our life to be. And for those of you who don't have that vision, spend the time, take 10 minutes and allow yourself to sit in that uncomfortable silence for the first time and give yourself actual time and space to allow that vision to emerge. For many of us who have been on a healing journey and are consciously creating our lives, we're going to meet milestones. Eventually, we're going to hit these places that we have envisioned. We're going to get to the end of a journey. And as soon as we do, the next journey begins. So I think having an expanded vision and vantage point, too, of just really the macro reality of life that time does consistently keep moving. Any moment that we are sitting in regret or this lost opportunity, as if it's really reality that it was a lost opportunity, is just keeping us stuck. That's our ego and the past just trying to keep us in that same protected cycle. When in reality, the opportunity that you're mourning that never came to fruition never actually existed in the first place. And when you can start to see that perspective and really root yourself in a way bigger knowing that there's something way more powerful at play here than these human minds of ours, and really trust and affirm for yourself that what is meant for you will not pass you by, it's going to open up all of this visual space that newness, new relationships, new opportunity, new choices can be created into. So any regret of the past could actually be reframed in a lot of gratitude to 
return back to that loving kindness with yourself and see the regret as a beautiful, teachable moment that is now opening a whole new door of space that you get to fill with something that is actually aligned and meant for you. So beautiful. And I'm really happy um, that I heard you say a word that we love to repeat here, which is choice. And even in you know hearing the way the question is asked, and I know a lot of us do have this version of a belief that choices are limited, that there is one time we have the opportunity to make this one choice and we don't ever get that opportunity again. And the way you're really beautifully describing it, Jenna, which is these moments of of choosing, of regret, of, of not making a choice that could have led in a different direction, if we are able to expand out, right, and not expend that energy in wishing things were different and allowing that energy to be as things are, in this moment, what we do expand open into is that those we do get another opportunity for a choice. Those moments might have been redirections on our path, like you're saying, information for us to take in, but it doesn't limit the next choice that will still come our way. It might not be the direction we thought we were going, but if we can continue to cultivate that trust in ourselves, that we can walk forward in a direction, maybe even unsure of what that exact milestone is, because remember, I've pivoted. I thought I knew. It's not going in that direction, but I'm developing confidence in myself to walk into this unknown space. I can now do that. I can begin to shift focus, understand that choices aren't limited. They might not be the choices I thought was going to be presented to me next, but I can still be available to the endless choice that's possible. And again, if we want to break it down into the science behind it, energy doesn't go anywhere. Um, energy is neither created nor destroyed. It exists and it is always there. Energy is is a choice. So the question is, how are we using those choices? And are we even giving ourselves the opportunity to see choice when it is objectively present? Or are our stories, our ego, our identity telling us all of the reasons why we've lost that one choice point? Because it's never just one. <laughs> it tends to not go over very well with the masses, though. We as adults are creators of our reality. None of us are victims to our reality. And when you can understand that without attaching the criticism and judgment to it and realize that what's coming into my sphere is energetically what I've attracted. Now, I am mindful of that when people are in toxic situations or abusive situations. And no, nobody deserves abuse. By no means does anyone deserve abuse or toxicity or things that are harmful. Though most of us in a human experience will find that we experience ourselves in those situations, which in and of itself is an opportunity for choice. If we were to sit back and say, I have no control over this situation. I am in an unhealthy environment and I'm just stuck here. Well, then I'm completely powerless and I can't do anything to change. And that's not reality. The ability to have consciousness is something that we as humans have access to. We do have the opportunity to become conscious and aware and choose how we respond. We may not be able to choose the situation at hand, but we can choose how we respond to it. 
Dr. Wayne Dyer talks a lot about the snake bite. Nobody actually dies from a snake bite. They die from the venom of the snake bite. And you can pull that analogy out in so many different ways. And for me, it it lands so much in the response. So when we're talking about something that we regret or that we wish was different, when you can see that you have that regret, it doesn't feel good. It has that looming doom and gloom. When you're aware of that, you can then consciously reframe that. In order to reframe that, you need to come back to a space of loving kindness with yourself. Because if you're not, and you're over here in this self-critic or this inner critic and judging yourself and making yourself wrong for the thing that you thought was supposed to happen that never really did happen because it wasn't real anyways, then you get stuck in that same cycle. We thrive on that. We get attached to the thing that's difficult. That's the thing that's familiar. When you choose to come back to love and kindness with yourself, which is in the present moment, then all of that inner critic about that regret becomes obsolete. You're now at a space of inner connection with yourself and in the present moment where you can see that a whole new journey and new opportunity now lies in front of you with a much higher vantage point than before, before you had the regret, before you had the experience of, oh, it would have been maybe really aligned for me to go that route. So now I can make an even more aligned and authentic choice now based on the feedback I received from how my body and my mind responded to the fact that I did make the choice that I did. I think as I'm, as I'm hearing us have this conversation and, you know, I'm really hearing it be centered around, which I think is the intention of the question around these big life decisions, right? These moment in times where I went this direction and not this direction and and now life appears different. And I think it's important um, to call to mind all of the small moments in a day that we can be regretful of. And right. I'm regretful that I chose this for lunch and not this. I mean, that might sound like a silly example, but for some of us, we really do live our life in our past choices or lack thereof. We spend so much of our day picking apart a choice we made hours, days prior in regret, imagining how life would have felt different. Meanwhile, we've just kept ourselves locked in the feeling of regret, of loss, of absence, of mismatch, and not actually ground it in the reality around what has come from that decision point. We almost disconnect ourselves. So I invite all of us, and it just called to mind because I think I'm someone who, at least a past self of me, would regret very small things, words I said or didn't say, um, meals I picked to eat or didn't eat. Oh, it didn't taste as good as I thought. I wish I had something else. Um, And this might sound really silly, but a lot of you listening, if you do begin to become conscious hearing a conversation about regret, you might begin to see these small micro moments where you are carrying this past and this choice that didn't happen with you into the present and then inviting yourself to use those moments, not these big life decisions that might have a lot of feelings that are complicated, wrapped up around them, begin to practice releasing that past choice. So what? You chose whatever for breakfast. Now you're at lunch, right? That's a great moment to practice so that when these big life paths or you know, journeys happen and we're pivoting and shifting and changing and regret is really real, now we can be more confident like I was talking about earlier. So be on the lookout because so many of us regret so many parts of our days and hours and moments and we relive in that regret as opposed to releasing it and making ourselves energetically available for the new choice in that next moment. 
And connecting to something much bigger than you, I think is, is very important here, whether, you know, that's God source, the universe, whatever you refer to this higher power or this life force that runs through us all and yet is invisible. You know, I don't ask my heart to beat. I don't ask my lungs to breathe, yet they do. I don't ask my hair and my fingernails to grow, yet they do. Just like nature, from a tiny seed, these plants behind us began from one tiny seed. We don't have to do anything but give them sunlight and water and they naturally grow. So a bigger expansion and just maybe for the first time, just opening up to the fact that you are part of a much greater whole and there's no separation from you and that whole. There's actually no separation from me and the plant behind me or the nature around me. I saw recently someone did a beautiful TikTok video. I'll have to find it again. If I do, I'll share their name. Um, But it was about the word nature actually isn't found in many ancient languages and original languages and cultures because there wasn't actually anything separate. We know nature as this thing. I'm going to go in nature (laughs) means I'm going to go out in the backyard and be around trees, completely negating the fact that I'm actually nature itself. (laughs) There's no difference between the natural life force in me than there is in the natural life force that's in the clouds and the trees and the birds. Our ancestors are the clouds and the trees and the birds because you start to realize that the us we're speaking about isn't this human like meat suit or machinery that you could refer to it as. It's not the body. I'm the essence and the life force that is being transmuted through my body. My body is my vessel that allows me to show up with all of you. And I've gotten really profoundly connected to this since Jake died. And I'm like, wow, you know, I miss Jake a lot. I miss his voice. I miss a lot of things. And I very much do feel his presence. Yesterday was actually his birthday and it's his body that isn't here anymore. And when you start to you know, and I think it's actually so beautiful because right now his actual physical body has returned to the soil. He's been buried underground now for nine months, returning back to the original nature that he came from. So when you can really start to expand out and offer yourself opportunity to sit in this greater knowing and that, you know, maybe that discomfort of the unknown and a bigger trust that it is all unfolding exactly how it is to unfold. I think that connection to a greater unknown is also inherently going to give you a greater connection to self, which is only found in the present moment because you yourself at your core are actually that greater unknown. It's so beautiful how all of this really does connect too, because and we have this idea, right, of grounding ourselves in the present and letting go of that opportunity so that we can open ourselves up to a new one. What we're really opening ourselves up to in that moment is the unknown, right? The tape that played out, this choice that I didn't make, I got really comfortable with how I imagined life would be different. Um, I didn't, I didn't get so comfortable with imagining what life will look like now that that choice isn't present. I've spent so much time and energy and repetition around this idea that I'm now regretful isn't the case, that when I release that energy, now what I'm left with is that, right, that 
unknowable, that unknown, that blank space. And inherently for a lot of us, especially those of us that have trauma still in our mind and body, that space in and of itself can feel threatening. It can be something we don't want to even get curious around. Um, and again, so just acknowledging if you are someone who you know struggles with the unknown, always likes to predict, many of us do have that human tendency because to speak to your point earlier, Jenna, it's familiar. So when we're really exploring and understanding and releasing regret, what we're really doing is teaching ourselves safety in that unknown experience, safety with even the process or action of imagining a new scenario, one that my mind hasn't rehearsed and become so comfortable with. So again, and here is the conversation around including our whole person, right? Our body that we live in that has a nervous system that doesn't necessarily like to tolerate that unknown. So as most conversations, it's not just so easy of, okay, I am someone who's regretful. And (laughs) now that I understand regret, I'm just, I'm done with that. Um, For many of you listening, it will be an embodied journey of becoming conscious of the ways that I'm trapped in the past and the dysregulation that's keeping me from being grounded in the present so that I can really let go of that opportunity and make space for the new opportunities and new choices and that pivot that we've been talking about all along. So as all things, um, this is the journey of processing, dealing with. And like I said, for me, um, as someone who doesn't necessarily resonate with deep rooted regret that, again, I think this conversation was initially based around, right? Those moments in time where I made this groundbreaking decision in my life, I can't get back. That's not something that I fully resonate with. However, when I explore regret in my life, I definitely have regretful moments in my day to day. So many of us, again, have different relationships with regret. We might be someone like who asked the question, really stuck in those pivotal or believed to be pivotal moments. And then others listening might just see those small micro moments where we're carrying these repast or these past regretful moments or choices into our present. Again, understanding that it's an embodied journey. Um. It lives in your body. So even when you, you know, can think yourself, reflect yourself through it, your body still holds on to that. So when you're trying to create or trying on these new moments Mm -hmm. of creating safety, as you're saying, it's your body might reject that. That may feel very scary, very physically unsafe and very uncomfortable because it's so new to your body. And that's your opportunity to really begin, you know, talking your body through that. And you know, using breathing exercises, using different techniques for nervous system regulation. We cannot emphasize enough that anything that we speak about is always going to be boiled down to the state of your nervous system. So when we think of this, like I imagine it as a ball of twine, all the chaos, all the trauma we have inside of us, when we make small choices to take care of our physical body, we allow that ball of twine to slowly unravel. We allow our nervous systems to regulate, which gives us more access in the present moment to respond to choices we make, to respond to experiences in a new way. Because ultimately, what is a regret? A regret is a choice that you made that gave you a certain set of information and you mentally were attached to a different outcome. So you were actually attached to something that didn't exist. And now you're sitting here in quicksand or with super glue on your feet because you're so stuck in your mind and your body is stuck in these sick feelings of regret. When in reality, you made a choice, you got information that was feedback, 
And now you're in the present moment and can use that feedback to make a new choice. So every time you've seen something too as regret, you've actually grown and evolved. If you're willing to go to a higher vantage point and look at that regret in a reframe as information, as something teachable. And then bringing this beautifully full circle, um, because so many people I do think regret for a lot of us is loaded. And I'm just thinking of for some people, it's it's a mantra through life, right? They kind of go throughout life giving the litany of things that they're regretful of or this time in the past where life shifted and changed and is never to be you know, the same again. Um, really being aware of how much we're engaging, not only with that own our own internal self-talk around regret and keeping ourselves trapped in that past, but really being aware of the conversations that we're a part of or that we're hearing being had around us. Because again, regret is one of those common areas that we might hear loved ones, partners, you know, friends, colleagues stuck in their own quicksand of regret, right? Sharing it with us um, and just really being conscious of whether or not we want to make a choice to strengthen that limited base, this idea that choices really do are limited and we don't get another opportunity, or do we want to begin to strengthen um, a new belief around choice and presence and opportunity and allowing ourselves to let the past be in the past, which ultimately is why, Jenna, week after week, we carve out this time and this space to even have these conversations. And I think for those of you who have been listening for a while by now, see that these conversations are genuinely natural flows of our own personal experience and lives and what we're dealing with, which we know inherently you also are dealing with because there are things that are all collectively part of this human experience. And the conversation around regret, I mean, we could play this episode back to ourselves in a couple of months and we might have different or new perspectives. A few years from now, I'm certain that we will have new perspectives. And I know that even just seeing my own perspective shift with how I relate to regret over the last nine months really since Jake died. When when he did die, I had two trips planned the month right beforehand to go see him twice. And both times I said no. And the last trip that I was supposed to be there for, I didn't go and he died two weeks later. And I definitely sat in that super comfy, cozy, beat myself up. I could have seen him again and went into all of those stories and put myself into quicksand. And once I allowed myself the space to you know, allow all of those emotions to flow through, I was able to actually look back and realize the last time that I saw Jake was about a month before he died. I snapped a photo with him. He picked me up, twirled me around in a circle, gave me a huge hug, and it was the most beautiful memory. And the other two times that I had planned on going there would have put my well-being at risk. They would have then impacted my work, my relationship, everything around me. So while I did sit in that very human inner critic of, I didn't go, I could have seen him two more times. I, over time, am able to genuinely connect with myself in the present moment now and have so much gratitude for exactly how it went. Because if it was meant to go any other way, it would have. So when we're looking at regret, I think it's helpful to break it down into two things. We are regretful of things that we have said or done in the past, which means we're attached to how we thought something should have gone. And then what more so most humans are regretful of, and I've worked for years in patient care, long-term acute care. So these are patients that all 
were quickly dying or over the next few months of their care with me, they were on their way out of their human body. All of those people did not state things that they regretted doing. They all stated regrets for things that they did not do. They regretted what could have been. And even in reflection with Jake's death, a lot of my mourning and grieving came from regret of what could have been. And I was able to realize that all of that could have is just all an attachment and a story in my mind that I'm automatically doing to keep myself comfortable, which actually keeps me stuck. So the new choice is sitting in that discomfort, opening up to the fact that there is a much greater and larger unknown and connecting to yourself in the present moment is going to give you the opportunity to actually make conscious choices, to go in a certain direction, putting one foot in front of the other, releasing yourself of the shackles really of the past. It's interesting. I, I'm catching myself in, a, I guess, a bit of a fib to everyone. So apologies when I said I, I'm not someone who kind of has those moments of like regret um, because interestingly, um, <laughs> what I have just discovered in listening to our conversation right here, right now in real time insight is, and I think this is how regret might play out for a lot of listeners who um, are like myself and codependent and meshed family dynamics. The way regret played out for me was back as I was becoming aware of the way I had no boundaries in my family and I had no space to be separate, to have wants, to have needs, to separate from the stress cycles that I was very much used to in childhood, I regret for me really came alive, noticing and becoming aware of the need for space. What I would immediately do is play out a tape, especially around my mother, um, who at that time when I was deciding I needed space, she was getting up, up in age. I mean, it was what, about five years ago now. So she was um, getting ready to turn 80 years old. And for me, it was this idea of holding myself stuck in a pattern with my family and relationships of not having these boundaries of always showing up in service of my family because I wanted to prevent regretting. And what I wanted to prevent regretting is I had this idea that if I separated, if I took the space away that my heart knew I needed from my family, I had this ticking time of, will I regret not having this time with my mom later? Um, so interestingly enough, I think that's another way um, we can kind of unconsciously be victim, if you will, to regret, um, almost keeping ourselves stuck from acting differently in fear of regretting something later, if that makes sense. And of course, what how this occurred to me was hearing you kind of describe making the choice to put yourself and your needs. And for me, that was the decision in that moment, allowing my needs to take priority, even if that would mean that I would have, which ultimately was the case. I've ha I had less time with my mom. When we reconnected, I think I had about a year and a half, 18 months with her before she ended up physically dying herself. Um, and again, so for me, it was really prioritizing and walking forward in the unknown, not knowing if I would even be able to reconnect with my mom, but holding the priority of my self-care yeah, of as much importance, at least as my family, as caring for my family, that allowed me then to release the possibility of regret and to then see what happened. So again, for those of you listening, that might be another sneaky way um, that regret is present in your life. When we keep ourselves trapped or stuck, beholden to familiar patterns in fear of doing something different because we fear regretting that new choice later.
There's so many treasures in what you just said and in being able to reflect back on anything that has happened to us up until this moment. If you can do that objectively and yes, that voice of your ego, your inner critic, that's going to be there. But if you can isolate that and begin to turn down the volume on that and instead practice, even if it feels foreign, even Mm -hmm. if you like resent it and push it away at first, begin to immerse in being grateful, in actual embodiment of gratitude. You won't have to search for it somewhere. If it's genuinely the space that you're coming from, then every moment, everything Nicole just shared, everything I've shared, all of those moments that I beat myself up for not going to see Jake those last few times or all of the things that I didn't say to him. You know, months before he died, he sent me a a beautiful letter and message and stated how he wanted a closer relationship. He wanted to connect more and who even sharing that now, like makes me quiver and cry though. I'm okay because I also can see that there is such a grander, larger divine plan happening here that even Jake's death was not supposed to go any other way. In fact, my relationship with regret for not going home His overdose, everything that happened the way that it did, gives me the opportunity to sit in this chair now and share it in reflection and to learn from it. So I know that everything that we have experienced or everything we've made up in our minds that we're supposed to experience, if we can really be kind to ourselves first and loving to ourselves, we can really start to see that there is a treasure and a teacher in absolutely every moment that has happened. Instead of beating myself up now for not going home to see Jake those two times prior to his death, I'm incredibly proud of myself. And I know Jake is too. And I can use that as a moment here to relate to and teach others because what I was doing was putting my own well-being first. Because if I was going to throw my well-being out the window, there's no way I could show up to serve or contribute or give to another, including myself, let alone my relationships and my partners and everyone here who's listening or viewing. So really everything in your life is a reframe. You are literally one thought away from having an entirely different life. And When we hear that, and it sounds so simple like that, a lot of us do genuinely get pissed off because Mm. what does that do? It puts a lot of responsibility in our own hands to take our life into our own hands. And when we realize that we do have the innate power to create the life that we want, and it does come with a lot of action that needs to be taken and a lot of responsibility, that's very new for many of us. And it's quite frankly, too much for many of us. It's overwhelming. So we would prefer the shutdown and the stuckness of the past because it's cozy. It's what we've always known. And ultimately, all of this becomes physiologically possible with our nervous system, energetically possible when we're really able to hook our attention and ground it on being present here. Um, We focus all of the work that we share um, all the work that we do in the self-healer circle. It's the number one course that we suggest new members um, check out, which is consciousness. And consciousness truly is the embodiment of pure presence now. Um, so as simple as it sounds, we're one thought away. That one thought really begins when we're fully present here, shifting our attention right from the replay of all of those past moments that we're regretful of, even if it's just the choice we made at breakfast, 
and really grounding our full attention in our body in this moment, giving ourselves some deep belly breaths to really calm our system. Like you beautifully always say, maybe putting a hand on our heart. We're here, we're safe. And we can now in this moment, reground ourselves with a new thought. Um, it does come with a lot of responsibility. It does come with a lot of work, a lot of new choices that begin with, for many of you, just even hearing a conversation like this and getting curious. Um, and again, beginning to go out and to become conscious of your own relationship with regret. Cause I assure you, it will be different than what you heard Jenna and I sharing here today. And that what you hear probably from those around you who are also dealing with their own feelings of regret. So exploring for yourself, what is your relationship with regret, with choices, with the past? And can we really begin to build a foundation in this moment here in time where all of the energy of possibility lives? And on that note, continuing all of this beautiful, beautiful energy and conversations. Looking forward to it as always on next episode of Self Healer Soundboard.